It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of News Radio 1000, KTOK, and 1340 The Game. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up in segment number one, the Thunder get their sixth straight win, which is the second longest winning streak in the NBA right now. We'll talk about how the Thunder did it with missing a couple of starters, Steven Adams and Terrence Ferguson. And those people who wanted Hamadou Diallo to start in place of Terrence Ferguson still feel that way after watching Hamadou Diallo last night with the starters. I'll tell you which way I'm leaning coming up in segment number one. In segment number two, we'll talk about the combination of Russell Westbrook and Paul George and even get into the whole idea of what the Thunder's window is going to be with these two guys and how much... The whole Anthony Davis situation plays into what the Thunder window is going to be over these next few years. Plus, Alex Sabrinas did play with the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. I said that that would be a good time for him to come back. It happened. I was doubting that it would happen after Billy Donovan spoke on Sunday. But nevertheless, Alex Sabrinas is back on the court. But still, we don't know any more than what we did before he was playing. And finally, we'll wrap things up today. As I was talking to a friend of mine last night who was upset when the Thunder had their first window of opportunity that they didn't go out and get, as he likes to call it, a third piece. Well, I'll explain a little bit about the whole idea of the myth of the big three and and, and different ways to go about getting a big three. But also... This ties into Anthony Davis, and we talked a little bit, he and I talked a little bit about how small markets kind of have to handle their business, and what position you're in if you're a small market, and how you make things work. So all that is coming up today on the Locked on Thunder podcast. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and News Radio 1000 KTOK. If you like what you hear, I would ask that you would subscribe to the Locked On Thunder podcast by going to LockedOnPodcast.com. There's also Apple iTunes. And, of course, the easiest way to get this is just ask your smart speaker, say, Alexa, please play the Locked On Thunder podcast, or, hey, Google, play Locked On Thunder podcast, and then it's right there before your ears. Uh, In case you're wondering, yes, I am a credential member of the media, and I've been lucky enough to cover the Thunder for about five and a half years. Great win for Oklahoma City last night over the Orlando Magic, and a couple of things I was worried about going into that game. One, Thunder motivation. When you're playing a a, a team that is now 11 games under 500. I had no idea what the motivation was for Oklahoma City. No playoff ramifications. At least this isn't a team you need to send a message to. 
There isn't any threat over Orlando swaying any of your players away. There's no MVP. But the Thunder still came out and did their job, especially Russell Westbrook and Paul George last night. As Really, as the starting five went, you could not have asked for a better performance amongst the starting five than what you got against the Orlando Magic last night with the Oklahoma City Thunder. One of those guys who performed really well was Hamadou Diallo, at least from a stat standpoint. If you were to just look at the box score, you would say that Hamadou Diallo had a pretty good night. And it got me thinking about what happened at the beginning of the year when Terrence Ferguson was struggling to find his shot. And all anyone could talk about was the lack of offense that Terrence Ferguson was giving you. And I was in that boat too. And I even wondered aloud about starting Hamadou Diallo over Terrence Ferguson and whether or not that might be the route that you would go with Billy Donovan because Andre Robertson would soon be on his way back and it looked like maybe Diallo was the guy that you were leaning towards versus Ferguson when it came to your young guys and which people might have a future with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, since that time, Terrence Ferguson has become a 40% shooter. And if he's not shooting 40% from beyond the arc, he's darn close to shooting 40% from beyond the arc. And there is no way in hell I am taking that dude out of the starting lineup, even when Andre Robertson comes back. And I don't care how athletic Hamadou Diallo is, which he is very athletic. He's not ready to start over Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson has been proving that now for weeks and weeks. And that's not to say that Hamadou Diallo is a bad player. What I think we have with Hamadou Diallo in Oklahoma City is a guy that compliments Terrence Ferguson, a guy that can come off the bench. The other thing that I like that Billy Donovan did with the starting lineup last night is bring Hamadou Diallo in to start for Terrence Ferguson instead of bringing Dennis Schroeder instead of bringing Dennis Schroeder into the starting lineup. I liked having Dennis Schroeder play that comfortable six-man role that he's become accustomed to. And there comes a certain point, and look, there, there are times where I think you do need to put guys in as many different situations as possible. Because here's what you, here's what you have to think of. When you are an NBA coach, you are working towards the playoffs. Everything, about, everything you do from game one to 82 is about getting you ready for the postseason or putting you in position to make a run for the postseason. And what you don't know in the postseason, the one thing your crystal ball will never tell you is who's going to get hurt, who's not going to play well. It can, to some extent, tell you what matchups you are going to get depending on how things are playing out for a year, but it can't 100% tell you how to navigate things. So what you have to do throughout the year if you're Billy Donovan is while, while you are getting guys comfortable with certain roles and while you're asking them to do certain things, you need to create situations that present different scenarios and bring them on the floor at different times so they're used, so, so they're not really, I, I guess to say they're used to doing different things, but I think it's more just not being caught off guard when you're in the postseason. And there were time, there was times this year where Ferguson was out and you saw Dennis Schroeder start and Schroeder came in to start for Russell Westbrook. 
I think Billy Donovan's done wonders with these lineups. And the great thing about the way that Billy Donovan coaches is that nothing is set in stone. It was set in stone at the beginning that Paul George was going to play all 12 minutes of the first quarter. Like we, You just knew that that was going to happen. Well, as the last few games have shown, Billy Donovan and his team are more comfortable making sure that Paul George and Russell Westbrook are on the court at all times, which means you're going to have to adjust the way that you're playing these guys, and that's just going to be on a game-by-game thing. Now, what Billy Donovan has really developed in these last few years is an excellent feel for the game. And I think in a lot of ways, we as Thunder fans, we don't we we don't appreciate or we undervalue the feel that Billy Donovan has. Because what we like to do is we like to hyper-focus on certain moments. Whether Billy Donovan called a great play out of a timeout, whether the ball ended up in Alex Sabrinas's hand for the final shot of the game, whether there was whether he calls a timeout after the first three throw to somewhat ice a guy. We we like to we like to focus on that, but not seeing the big picture. What I see from Billy Donovan is a guy that understands how the NBA game is played and also understands his team and what works best and what guys he can plug and play. And I think that's the thing that Billy Donovan had been looking for his first few years, first few years, I should say, as Oklahoma City Thunder coach, is guys that he could guys that he could yo-yo a little bit. And if Billy Donovan didn't think that you could play different scenarios and you could be asked to do different things on any given night based on a particular situation, then you aren't going to be long for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Best case in point on that, Anthony Morrow. People were up in arms about Anthony Morrow not getting an opportunity to play very much. And my thought at the time was, man, hey, you might as well bring in Alex Sabrinas. It doesn't seem like you're going with Anthony Morrow. Let's get this guy on the court and see what he can do. It's exactly what Billy Donovan did. Anthony Morrow needed to have himself ready to go, and it was very obvious that Anthony Morrow wasn't going to be ready to go, ready to go for every single scenario that the Thunder had. And last night was just, an, just a great example overall of what Billy Donovan can do as a head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. want to thank you so much for joining us today. Coming up next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast, we'll talk about Alex Sabrinas being back and what we know, what we don't know, plus... How good is the combination of Paul George and Russell Westbrook and just how long is that window open? It's all right here on Locked on Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked on NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The best way to get any podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network is through your smart speaker, be it Alexa or Google. 
by saying Google Play Locked on Thunder Podcast or Alexa Play Locked on Thunder Podcast. And there it is. And I guess it's Google, it's Hey Google. I always forget I always forget that it's Hey Google, but it's Hey Google. Then there is LockedOnPodcast.com, LockedOnThunder.com. And uh, don't forget, we've got another episode of Locked On Sooners, which is out as well. Alex Sabrinas played last night uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. First game back after over a month off. And I thought that was the perfect scenario to get him back once you, once you basically made him active after these personal reasons. The best time to bring him back was on the road. Get him away from the fans who are still wondering what's going on. Give him time to kind of acclimate to his teammates. Figure out how to interact with them again. And do it in a game where I thought the Thunder really weren't going to be threatened. I should have known better with the way that the Thunder can kind of play down to their competition. But last night, Orlando did a great job of making that a game. And a real quick digression here. I also think a game like that is where Steven Adams comes into play. That's not to say that Nerlens Noel didn't play great, but I would have felt much better about having Steven Adams play against that magic front court than just Nerlens Noel by himself. All right, now back to Alex Abrinas. And Alex Abrinas saying last night to Eric Horn, he was asked about his situation. He didn't elaborate on it. He just said the he he did the old. The important thing is is that I'm back. And all that matters is I'm back, and 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 that that's really what's key here. Well, Alex, inquiring minds want to know why you were out. Now, is is Alex Abrinas required to speak on this? No, but he is going to be avail- made available to the media. And are the media going to continue to ask Alex Abrinas and people inside the Thunder organization about what went on? Absolutely. Is there going to continue to be speculation that Alex Sabrinas is going to be one of the main cogs if the Thunder try and pull a trade here over the next few days during the NBA trade deadline? You bet. And that might be the best thing for Alex Sabrinas. If Alex Sabrinas does not want to tell the Oklahoma City media why he was gone, and again, he's under no obligation to do this, but if he doesn't want the question to continuously be asked. And it's going to. I mean, like even, even if you get to the exit interviews, somebody's going to bring this up. Even if it dies down for a few weeks, there will be a time where someone will bring it up and say, hey, Alex, you've had time. Do you care to elaborate? What's the deal? Yada, yada, yada. And then Alex can choose to or not choose to talk about it. And if he doesn't really want to talk about it, which it seems to me that it would be only a deal here in Oklahoma City since it affected the Thunder and would not be a big deal to a new team that Alex Sabrinas was on, then you should ship him off. And and if I'm Alex Sabrinas, now granted, this is a lot of this is just pure speculation and depending on what's going on. and, And certainly I've got my ideas about what would happen and I'm trying not to be irresponsible with it. But if I'm Alex Abrinas and you're thinking about making a trade, I might ask to be included in that trade just so I can have an opportunity to go someplace, clear my head, and not have to worry about what everybody's thinking of me and whether or not I was letting the team down for the last few weeks. But that's just me. If I'm Alex Abrinas, I want a clean slate and an opportunity 
to start over. The combination of Paul George and Russell Westbrook is certainly phenomenal. I think it is a championship combination, especially with Steven Adams continuing to progress the way that he is, with Terrence Ferguson continuing to progress. And the thing I love about this Oklahoma City Thunder team is that outside of Westbrook and Paul George and Let's go ahead and throw Raymond Felton into the conversation because we have to. And I guess you, if you want to throw Patterson, feel free. Although, I don't know that Patterson will figure into the conversation much longer. Um, speculation on my part that he might be traded. But I think the core is young enough that this team has an opportunity to grow together and in the next couple of years, do something really special. And by really special, I mean at least play for an NBA championship. How long is that window open? Well, that is a multi-million dollar question right now. And there are those out there that cover the thunder that will tell you that there is no window. I'm not necessarily buying that. I believe the thunder window is open if Anthony Davis, and I believe it is wide open. It is just flat out a jar and big enough for fat bastard to get through if Anthony Davis ends up in the Eastern Conference. If he ends up with the Boston Celtics, then the Thunder window is wide open. And that, of course, is taking into account that I think Kevin Durant is going to leave Golden State and go someplace else. Now, Kevin Durant becomes an interesting conversation piece because is Kevin Durant going to have enough stones to go play with a guy like LeBron James and try and do continue to dominate the West? Or is Kevin Durant going to say, I want to be the man, ended up in some place like New York and play with the Knicks and hopefully be good enough to draw other people to New York to come play with him? And that's why it's it's hard. I mean, like I, like, I want to give you a total definition of just how big that Thunder window is. Like right now, I want to say it's like three years. It's four years. My guess at the most is it's three years. You're probably looking at more too. But it all depends on where Durant ends up and what happens to Anthony Davis. And if somehow, some way, those two guys end up out of the West, I can't think of a scenario in which Oklahoma City isn't the favorite to win the West or one of the favorites to win the West. Golden State will still be pretty good if they only lose Kevin Durant. I mean, essentially, that's the same team that won a championship without him if Durant leaves. And then again, if Boogie Cousins stays, I mean, there's a lot there to consider with Golden State. And Cousins is another one of those pieces that is on a one-year deal that is he going to end up playing in L.A.? There's just so much there. And if somehow some combination of Kawhi Leonard and Cousins ends up in Los Angeles or Davis ends up in Los Angeles with Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, then we've got to reassess where the Thunder are right now. So un unfortunately, there's not a concrete answer there, but I do have high hopes for this Thunder team to, at the very least, be extremely competitive and maybe a year, even when they're not the favorite, be able to sneak into the finals if provided the Golden State machine as it is ends up turning off at some point. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, we'll talk about small markets. We'll talk about Anthony Davis and why did the NBA find this dude 50 grand?
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're tuned in to the Locked On Thunder podcast, or I guess it's not tuned in. Well, I don't know. I mean, you could be listening on something where you feel tuned in, but you're listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Thank you very much for uh, joining us, making us a part of your day, your evening. Remember, you can get Locked On Sooners at LockedOnPodcast.com. Also, just say, Alexa, play Locked On Sooners podcast. Or, hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast. So I talked to a friend of mine last night, and he's just going on and on about how small markets, it, it, for him, it just always comes back to the big three. Like, every, you, you got to have three. And in his, in his mind, the Thunder never had the big three, which is a crock because the Thunder did have a big three. Started off as Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, and then it became Abaka, Durant, and, and, and Westbrook. And he was upset because he didn't think Ibaka deserved to be one of the big three and was upset that the Thunder never went and got anyone to put with Durant and Westbrook, and that just ultimately cost him a championship. And I had to remind him, well, the Thunder probably would have had an opportunity two years before Kevin Durant left, the year after they played James Harden, to get back into the NBA Finals, the problem was that Kevin Durant got hurt and it opened the window for Golden State. Russell Westbrook got hurt. Serge Ibaka got hurt. You had three straight years of three significant injuries. Okay, the Oklahoma City Thunder had a run of crummy luck. The only thing you can really blame on Sam Presti as far as his acquisitions, not acquisitions, moves, non-moves, whatever you want to say, is that if you felt Scott Brooks should have been the head coach for Kevin Durant's last year because because you believed in continuity and Durant and Brooks and Westbrook were all used used to each other, then there's a fair argument there. But to say that Sam Presti was to blame for the Thunder not winning a championship is, is not right. And you can be mad, but... In a, in a way, it felt like the Thunder were cursed. And that conversation spawned into small markets, and it was, well, New Orleans is losing Anthony Davis because they lost Boogie Cousins. Okay, so they lost Boogie Cousins. But they didn't bank on Boogie Cousins because he was hurt. And who knows what the conversations were like with Anthony Davis in New Orleans leading up to that, that he liked to play for Boogie Cousins, whatever. Anthony Davis has to understand that if New Orleans is going to acquire people to put around him, that it's going to have to be done through trade. And if New Orleans is going to become a free agent destination, then Anthony Davis has to do something to sell that himself. It can't just strictly go on the organization. So if Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were about getting free agents here, 
then they needed to go out. They needed to make the effort. They needed to recruit guys. You can't just put it all on Sam Presti. You've got to tell people why this is a great place to come. And considering the fact that small markets are always going to have to worry about that luxury tax, much more so than a Lakers or a Warriors or a Celtics or a Knicks, television contracts, etc., that certainly help alleviate some of these issues, then there are going to be time when sm- there are going to be times when small markets have to make tough decisions, and that is just unfortunately the way that the NBA is. And unless you set up some system to where guys cannot become free agents, then this is just the plight that you're going to have to deal with, and you're just going to have to have really good upper management that not only understands how to navigate through the salary cap but does a great job of evaluating talent and is willing to go out and take some risk, like trading for a Paul George when he may only be a one-year rental. You're going to have to do stuff like that. And what I think is ironic is you look at the Boston Celtics, who want Anthony Davis. They can't get him until the season is over. So Danny Ainge, big market GM, Essentially, if he trades for Anthony Davis, is taking a page out of the Sam Presti playbook, hoping he can trade for Anthony Davis and then over the next year recruit him to sign long-term. And that may be, even with the Boston Celtics, that might be your only shot at getting him. It's ridiculous that Anthony Davis was fined $50,000 by the NBA. Of course, that's the minimum that he can be fined without filing a grievance. I don't think he should have been fined by that, and I think it's great that there is some transparency between him and the Pelicans as far as what his future is going to be, because now if I'm the Pelicans, I feel like I hold the cards. And if it's between you and the Lakers, it really comes down to who blinks first. And honestly, the Lakers are under a hell of a lot more pressure than New Orleans is. They screwed up the Paul George deal so bad, they didn't get Kawhi Leonard, now they've got to get Anthony Davis. And they may just absolutely put all their chips to the middle of the table and give New Orleans everything they want. What you have to gauge if you're New Orleans is, is that worth it to take it? And I don't see Anthony Davis's value necessarily diminishing from now until the end of the season, especially because the Boston Celtics are going to be there. And the Lakers know that they can't play that game of, well, we're going to get him anyway because you don't know that you're going to get him anyway. You think, but you don't know. And if I'm the Pelicans, I'm not trading him this year. I am waiting until the end of the year. I'm not doing anything I can to help the Lakers out. I'm not giving him what he wants. And I'm going to make a deal with the Boston Celtics or somebody like that. And I'm going to get everything, everything I humanly can for Anthony Davis, but I have a no I have ult- ultimately no problem with him making this public. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow talking about the Thunder going to play the Miami Heat. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Be excellent to each other. Everybody love everybody and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.